Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the daily show where I go over all the news in the world of entertainment and pop culture. I'm Edward Lauder, I'm the editor of Small Screen. And let's get right into today's news because there's been a huge amount of stuff happening today. I was kind of gonna, I was gonna go over like the news of the weekend as well because there was a lot of stuff uh, that happened this weekend. And of course, I didn't do live streams on Monday and Tuesday. Today's the first day of the week. It was my birthday yesterday, which is why I was not live streaming. But it's like there's so much stuff to go over together. So I'm kind of gonna put it all, all in like a big package, uh, a, uh, a small screen special, let's say about. Spider-Man, and in particular, Spider-Man 3. It is absolutely bonkers what's going on with Spider-Man 3. Absolutely nuts. So let's start off with the very first news that apparently Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in Spider-Man 3. Their appearance has reportedly been confirmed. So this, I mean, this is something that's been going on a lot of people have been talking about this. So the first time I heard about it, it was actually, I'm going to quote Pop, uh, Popcorn Planet here. Um, and uh, what's it? Um, I'm forgetting his name now. Andy um, Signor, sorry, that uh, came out with that scoop. And he then wrote uh, an article for Fandom Wire. And then there was a whole thing about then someone, I think it was ET Canada, going to uh, get, get going directly supposedly to Sony and a representative at Sony saying those are rumors, nothing's been confirmed yet. And then loads of people saying that they debunked it. That, of course, is not a, a studio debunking anything. That's just them saying it's not been confirmed. But it's just... So much stuff has ha- has has been happening, and this has kind of then it's then been confirmed that 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 Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in it, and this comes from I'm just going to have like this kind of new scoop has come from a YouTube channel. Yes, that's it. So Sony Pictures is a Latin American YouTube channel where they they posted uh, a video basically confirming that they're all going to be in it. Like it had lots of kind of footage from of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in in the Sam Raimi movies, then Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, and then Tom Holland in the recent Spider-Man films, and basically asking which one's your favorite, Are you? and then kind of insinuating that you're gonna see them all together in, the, in Spider-Man 3, which it looks more and more like this is the Spider-Verse movie I was being told about. Uh, I was under the impression that this was gonna come next, but it looks like it's very much going to be the Spider-Verse movie is going to happen now. Spider-Man 3 is going to be the Spider-Verse movie. And of course, it's obviously being called Spider-Man 3 because there are three Spider-Man movies, as uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, made a joke about pretty recently in, in a, an interview with Zendaya where he asked Zendaya tr- to, to confirm whether Andrew Garfield and, and, and uh, Tobey Maguire were going to be in the movie. She was playing coy. She said, I can neither confirm nor deny those rumors. So basically also suggesting that this is happening, which is absolutely bonkers. And if that wasn't enough, we then learned that Alfred Molina, who, who of course played uh, Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, is going to be in Spider-Man 3, which is also nuts. So yeah, that happens. And that was, I think that was revealed. Let me just check who who actually revealed this to be true, because I believe this came from, yeah, it came from Variety. So Variety is saying that's that's the case. So as far as I'm concerned, that's happening. So we have that going on, which is insane. And then it was there was like a, a whole load of people announced today. Uh, Jeff Snyder at Collider announced that. So he first announced that Andrew Garfield is definitely going to be in it. 
He then said that, um, let me have a look, I need to, Emma Stone's supposedly going to be in it, pregnancy permitting, which I didn't even know she was pregnant, but apparently she's pregnant. That's a rumor. Again, that is a rumor. It hasn't been confirmed by her on social media or anything. It's been speculated because she was seen with like a puffy jacket and stuff, and she recently got engaged. So, you know, apparently she's returning as Gwen Stacy. Kirsten's, uh, Kirsten Dunst is is reportedly returning for Spider-Man 3 as Mary Jane Watson. And then on top of that, it's just been announced by uh, Murphy Murphy's Multiverse, who is... He, he does, uh, Charles over there does a lot of scoops and they turn out to be pretty much on the money. And um, he's reporting that Charlie Cox is going to be playing Daredevil in Spider-Man 3. So, of course, Charlie Cox played Daredevil in the Netflix series, in the Netflix Daredevil series. And people were desperate, desperate for Marvel to revive the series. Uh, the the rights had, re- had gone back to Marvel Studios, uh, I think it was last Sunday, maybe not last, the Sunday before. And uh, they were they were really pleading with them to to just revive the series and just get Charlie Cox to play Daredevil, aka Matt Murdock, again. But it looks like no, he's going to be in the MCU. He's um, this again is reportedly so it is it still is speculation up until this moment. But then loads of people were jumping on this bandwagon. Grace Randolph was on the on the bandwagon claiming that yes, this is actually happening. So a lot of people, I'll I'll go into what she said in a bit, but basically he wrote, uh, so this is uh, on Murphy's Multiverse, wrote Kevin Feige, Fe- uh, Kevin Feige has finally, finally has his chance to envision the characters to fit in his ever-growing sandbox of a multi-platforms universe, and thus having Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Now, I've always been a big advocate of Charlie Cox's performance as Daredevil. I think he's perfect, and I really don't didn't think they should recast that role. So it looks very much like they've decided not to recast and decided to go ahead with with him. Uh, I'll just put up uh, here. This is this is uh, the 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 scoop on on Murphy's multiverse right here, and uh, you can go and check that out. And also, just you can see exclusive Charlie Cox is back as Daredevil in Spider Man Three. Uh, but also, then, when you have the time, go and check this little article out here as well on small screen, which uh, I wrote. And um, then, uh, after that, so this was going on, and I was like, what the hell's going on? This is crazy. This is so, this 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 cast list for this movie is mind-boggling. It's just, I can't, I can't really deal with it. And then Grace Ranolf went and confirmed that Charlie, Clock, Charlie Cox's Daredevil will be Peter Parker's lawyer in Spider-Man 3. I'm going to put reportedly at the end of this because um, I'll show you her tweet. Her tweet's here. So I checked Charlie Cox as Daredevil is back in Spider-Man 3. And I can I can add to the story that he will indeed be Peter Parker's lawyer. Feige considered She-Hulk to represent Parker but felt the Daredevil connection in the comics was stronger. She's going to be making a video today. Uh, she's probably making one as we speak. She's probably doing a live about that. I find that quite amusing. She's like, yes, I, I checked with my sources. I, I can't do an American accent, but I checked with my sources and it's happening. It's definitely happening. Great, great, great. You know, I'm like, well, why didn't you say this before then? But um, no, apparently, according to her sources, uh, yeah, Peter Parker will need a lawyer, of course. <laughs> if, if you remember correctly, well, if you remember at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, that film ended on the kind of bombshell cliffhanger with uh, J.K. Simmons's J. Jonah Jameson turning up. And uh, basically, he's kind of like um, in, in, in the Tom Holland spider 
Spider-Man universe, he kind of is a bit like Alex Jones, like Infowars type type character. And I actually think that's fantastic. I think that's perfect for him. And on his show, which is, I think, is broadcast in Times Square in New York, I, I think. I, I can't really remember. It's been a while since I watched the, the film. But he basically says that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Then he plays uh, a video of Mysterio and uh, Spider-Man's fight in which um, Peter Parker is unmasked and then it kind of he edited it to make it look like Peter Parker murdered uh, Mysterio and so how is he going to get out of that one well it looks like Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock is going to be representing him in court there have also been rumors so these rumors come from Mikey Sutton over at Geekosity that somehow they're going to bring in Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's version of, of, of Spider-Man they're kind of Peter Parker's to then come into the story and help get him off somehow by proving potentially that that one of them or uh, is is the actual Spider-Man. It might end up being like a Spartacus moment where loads of people go, "No, I am Spider-Man. I am Spider-Man." That'd be quite fun. I think that'd be quite. That would actually. Now that I think of it, that would be a really good way to get through this for for Peter Parker to get out of this. But let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below. It is bonkers. There's so much stuff happening. It this honestly, this Spider-Man movie to me feels like it's going to be the kind of event movie of next year. I mean, it was already go already going to be a pretty big big well big movie. But the Spider-Man films have kind of been a bit uh, smaller scale. This one. I mean, you just go through that cast list. I think I I, I, um, I wrote it in one of... Uh, I'll try and do it off the top of my head, but I did, I did write it in one of the articles. But it's got Holland, Zendaya, uh, Batalon. Um, and I'm forgetting... Uh, so the original cast, plus Benedict Cumberbatch, Jamie Foxx, uh, Andrew Garfield, Toby Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, Emma Stone, and Charlie Cox. If I didn't say... Yeah, Charlie Cox. That is an insane cast. I'm pretty sure I'm missing people out that, that have supposedly been confirmed for this movie. But it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. And I think I'm using that word way too much tonight. But it is, for me, it's like, what the hell's going on? But it's also, um, Mikey Sutton also said it's going to be the longest Spider-Man movie ever made. I'm pretty sure that's true. That's probably a given, g given how much is going to be in this film. The multiverse is going to play a big part in this movie by the sound of it. So I don't think they'll call it the Spider-Verse. That I, I don't I don't think they'll do that. I, I mean, I don't know, but I feel it's like too early for that, but it basically is the Spider-Verse, but they're all the same versions of Peter Parker. Whereas the Spider-Verse is more kind of different versions of Spider-Man. If you remember, like even Spider-Woman can come into it uh, and Spider-Gwen. And uh, if you remember the, 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 the animated movie, Into the Spider-Verse, it's not kind of different versions of Miles Morales. It's Miles Morales, Peter Parker, you know, uh, Peter <laughs> Spider-Pig, or, or whatever they I can't, I can't remember what they called it but it's like very very different versions of of spider of the spider-man character not not just peter parker so i think this might be more of a multiverse type thing um what else so they've locked in yeah gwen stacy done that i think i think that's it i think that's it <laughs> that's so much to go over but let me know what you guys think about all of that in the comments below it's a lot to go over it's 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 a heck of a lot to go over. Uh, but I am very, very excited for this movie. I think this is going to be... It's just going to be insane. Um, yeah, and Charlie Cox coming back as Daredevil. 
It's huge, huge news. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on from that and moving on to Michelle Pfeiffer confirming that she's returning for Ant-Man 3 as Jeanette Van Dyne. So she um, revealed this during a podcast episode that she appeared on recently. Uh, I'm just going to try and get the name of the podcast episode. Ladies First with Laura Brown. During the podcast, which is in Styles official podcast, she revealed that she would be returning for the role and they'll be filming in spring 2021. Hopefully by then things would have gone back to some kind of normality. Jeanette Van Dyne was, of course, like the whole story of Ant-Man and the Wasp was centered around finding her. She was trapped in the quantum realm, so Hank Pym was trying to get her back. She is back. And then, of course, at the end of the movie, she and Hank Pym and Hope uh, Van Dyne all uh, are dusted, thanks to what happened in Avengers uh, um, Infinity War. So they, it was a very brief reunion, but she, no, she'll be involved in, in Ant-Man 3, which is being directed by Peyton Reed. And I'm very, very much excited for that movie. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below about that. Uh, Letitia Wright has quit Twitter. So <laughs> this, um, I, I covered this this story, like what she did. Uh, I don't really want to go over it again. But basically, the whole, the, the, the video that she shared on Twitter for, of a YouTuber basically kind of questioning whether people should take the COVID-19 vaccine or not has got, got her into a lot of trouble. People were demanding that she'd be removed from Black Panther 2 because of it. People wanted to cancel her. I'm not a, an advocate of cancel culture. I think she should be left alone now. I think she knows what she did was stupid and irresponsible, really. More than anything, it was very irresponsible. I understand that there are people out there that are a, a, a bit scared about taking a COVID, you know, new vaccine that hasn't probably been as tested as, you, as, you, as you'd like. But then again, a lot of people have lost their lives to this terrible virus. So any way we can get through this and get, you know, and, and protect people, the better kind of that, that kind of thing. So yeah, she was, she's now quit Twitter. Uh, but I will move on from that story and on to Jared Leto is rumored to want Morbius to be more involved in the MCU. So this kind of ties in with a story that I'm going to cover in a second. But yeah, so he's been, uh, he of course is going to be playing Morbius, which is Morbius the Living Vampire. And um, it's kind of interesting, this this does come from We Got This Covered, but they're saying that he is very, very keen on having Morbius becoming more involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not sure whether that might work. It might end up working more in like a Spider-Verse movie. So there are rumors that even though this upcoming Spider-Man film has a bucket load of famous people, you know, actors playing characters they played in the past um but what might end up happening is that they might bring in like tom hardy's venom uh, jared leto's morbius and have them actually be, be more interact more with spider-man and probably also because in the comics morbius is kind of like an anti-hero he's off i mean in the cartoons especially he's depicted more as a as a tragic character and someone that doesn't want to to you know he doesn't he tries desperately not to let his vampire urges take over and he does end up becoming a bit of a hero so whether or not they'll explore that aspect of the character a bit more i'm pretty sure they will and then he might end up actually teaming up with spider-man and venom and all the other spider-men uh in a big spider-verse film probably madam webb turning up in that probably spider-woman turning up in that because of course olivia wilde's directing a spider-woman supposedly directing a spider-woman film that hasn't been i don't believe that's been confirmed yet but um yeah, so there is there is definitely room there, there's scope for him to be more involved in the kind of Spider-Man universe, not necessarily the MCU. I don't really see him coming over to the MCU 
anytime soon. But in, um, so there was a, a recent, uh, on uh, Sony's, <laughs> uh, Sony's uh, Japanese uh, YouTube page, they did, uh, uh, sorry, YouTube account, they, uh, they, they, they put out a new teaser, which is basically the same as the ones we've seen before. But what was different about this was it had um, an introduction from Jared Leto himself. And then in that introduction, he went on to say, in the film, I play a new Marvel character that attempts to cure his lifelong blood disease, not design, uh, disease with experimental science. In the process, I turn into a living vampire. That's a little bit about what's going on, and I think it's going to be a fun one, and I can't wait for you guys to see it. It's an exciting role in an expanding universe. There's a lot for us to look forward to. So he's kind of insinuating that we're going to be seeing more of Morbius in the future. Hopefully, I, I really do hope that, that we do, because I, I actually really like Jared Leto as, a, as an actor. I think he's really talented. I think he, he got a, a lot of stick, unfairly so, in my opinion, for... Um, his portrayal of Joker. I don't think that was really down to him. What happened in that movie? I think that was more down to editing. But yeah, it's you know that that he he it it looks like to me that he's very much he's very keen on this character and would love to play him more. Why not? I mean, it's a fantastic character. Morbius is a great character. If they do, if Sony does him justice, then you could have a real winner on your hands. And of course, they 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 hit like they hit some sort of formula with Venom even though I I liked the film but I can kind of see why critics didn't like it as much I just thought it was kind of good fun so maybe they might go more down that road I don't know this one judging by the trailers it looks quite a lot darker than the uh than the Tom Hardy Venom movie was but let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below right moving away from Marvel and, and Spider-Man and all that stuff and on to DC Comics so James Gunn has actually confirmed that the Suicide Squad the cut is done but he did go on to say that they're still doing uh, some VFX, some visual effects on the movie and also kind of finishing off the soundtrack or the score. So he confirmed this via CCXP Worlds, which is, uh, I believe it's uh, in Brazil. I mean, it used to be, but it's kind of the uh, panel there on, of course, online at the moment. Everything's online. But the, um, the Suicide Squad director and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2 director said uh yeah he basically just said that it's that the that the cut's done uh and that they're working on uh, music and visual effects so i'm actually really looking forward to seeing what he does with the music in this film because of course if you remember part of the reason why i think so many people loved the guardians of the galaxy movies and well love them and are really excited for uh, gun's upcoming third film one of the reasons that that those movies worked is because they found a way to kind of include well, what, what is pop music, like popular music, pop songs into uh, the soundtrack and do it well. Whereas if you remember Suicide Squad, David Ayer's movie, which this, I do not think this was David Ayer's idea. I think this was the studio that did this, but they just put a load of uh, like, yeah, popular music, pop music, uh, like, you know, just kind of, well, it's not really pop music because there's like Eminem and stuff like that in it as well, but kind of popular music, let's say, chart music uh and just kind of put it into the movie wherever and it didn't really make much sense and um i think what gun was able to do was to make those songs and that music part of the script part of the story because of course it's uh star lord's um uh cassette player you know his his uh 
what was it? He had a Sony Walkman, didn't he? Or so, maybe something like that. But uh, yeah, and and he was listening to those songs and playing them in in the movie, and that that works. So I'm interested to see what he does with music in this film because he's someone that plays around with music quite a lot in this movie. So I'm excited for that. But let me know what you guys are excited for. Uh, as far as the Suicide Squad's concerned. Right, moving away from that and on to Wonder Woman 1984. So Wonder Woman 1984, of course, is coming on Christmas Day, if you're in the US. Uh, I believe it's coming out in cinemas on the 18th of December here, but not streaming. I think streaming is probably going to have to wait until January in like the UK and Europe. But... The, the early uh, reactions to uh, Wonder Woman 1984 are in, and they're very, very positive. So, I mean, I'm not going to go over all of them here. I'm just going to go, like, uh, these. there are lots of critics that got to see an early, early screening of the movie, and they were, of course, allowed to give their first reactions of the film. So, um, Collider's Steve Wine, uh, Traub, Traub? I hope I'm saying that right. I'll put it up here. He said uh, he had this say yesterday, saw Wonder Woman 1984 in an IMAX theatre. Was my first time seeing a movie in a theatre since the pan- since pandemic began. No matter what system you have at home, nothing will ever replace the magic of seeing a movie on a huge screen. So that's kind of, he's not really saying anything there anyway. But Brandon, D- uh, Brandon B. Davis over at comicbook.com um, said, I've seen Wonder Woman 1984. Patty Jenkins literally made an 80s movie in every way, making it so unique for today. It feels both bigger than the first Wonder Woman while simultaneously more contained. Lots of Diana Prince and some epic Wonder Woman moments as Gal Gadot literally soars. Um, then, yeah, Perry Nemroth also said that she preferred uh, she preferred the first movie, actually, is what she said, but she was very positive on, on it. Um, I wanted to get... Huge news, Wonder Woman 1984 is fantastic. The story is excellent and has a great timely message. It packs a ton of surprises and amazing work is done with both Cheetah and Max Lords, Wig and Pascala both stellar. Get hyped because it's the real deal. Eric Davis had something similar to say, said, I'm so happy to report that Wonder Woman 1984 is an absolute blast from the from start to finish. An, accept, an exceptional compliment to the first film. It's stuffed with heart, hope, love, action, romance, and humor. Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot, and team delivered one of DC's best sequels. I was in tears when it ended. So then, yeah, saw Wonder Woman 1984 yesterday, and it was awesome. I loved it. Had the honor to speak to Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot. Our articles were, yeah, Mark Hughes saying that and you know it's just eric goldman as well being very it's really strong you know people are very positive about it which is good news it's very good news because this is a film that we've been waiting for for a very very long time uh and it hasn't come out and it's coming out soon so i'm all for this hopefully uh we'll be able to see it in cinemas well maybe not over here but wherever you are you'll be able to catch it uh what do you guys think are you excited for wonder woman 1984 let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving on to Monster Hunter. So, in, in an incredible, like, just act of stupidity, Wonder Woman, um, sorry, not Wonder Woman, Monster Hunter has been pulled from Chinese cinemas due to a racist slur. So when I first saw this, I was like, what is going on? So basically, the the, the, the clip was taken from the, a clip was taken from the move, from a movie and posted on Twitter. It was then taken down. <coughs> to report a, a copyright infringement rather funnily yeah, funnily enough but this is a Paul W.S. Anderson film and it stars um, uh, it stars his wife in it and uh, Mila, Mila Jovovich uh, and it's based on a Capcom video game which is very very popular I haven't played it myself but I've heard lot nothing but good things about it it's a bit difficult to get into if you uh, aren't kind of 
with it to begin with. But apparently, so here's the this. There's a joke in it which is uh, racially insensitive. So the scene it takes place in a scene where a soldier seems to apropos of absolutely nothing ask his fellow soldiers guess what kind of knees are these before responding with the punchline chinese so this was this clip was taken and then posted online and of course people in china went you know they, they were like what is this you know and then chinese cinemas pulled it basically and that is ridiculous because china is especially now a huge huge market it's even bigger than than it was before really because of the pandemic because of course they're one of the only places in the world where they're all going to cinemas now you know in china they're open and it's already very difficult to get your movie into china there's only a, there's a there's a quota of uh, of, of uh, hollywood or non-chinese movies that that are allowed to be shown in china monster hunter managed to get into that market and then this dumb joke, which isn't funny, it's just stupid, it gets it pulled. It's like, well, who wrote this? Seriously, who wrote this? What is the point of putting that joke in? It's not it's not a joke. It's not funny. It's just it's just dumb. And it and it's cost them money. It's it's probably cost them I mean, I'm putting a number on it. I reckon it's cost them, let's say, three hundred million. Maybe a bit less, maybe two hundred million. It's, it's, but it's cost them a lot of money. But apparently the movie's still doing well overseas, which, uh, you know, good for it. But honestly, it's, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it's just, well, not the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but it's just a very silly thing to do. So it's, it's not a funny joke. I'm pretty sure uh, the people involved in making the movie will be very annoyed about that. And um, whoever put that joke in the script, I feel bad for them because it's, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just not good. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. All right, moving on. And moving on to some big news that kind of landed on Friday, I think it is. So it's, well, old news now. But Oscar Isaac has been cast as Solid Snake in a Metal Gear Solid movie. So this comes from Deadline. <coughs> Jordan Voigt-Roberts, who directed Kong Skull Island, is directing the movie. Of course, the Metal Gear Solid uh, movie is based on the Metal Gear Solid game, which is a Konami game. Uh, and uh, it's actually Hideo Kojima, uh, his his original idea, and he he was doing all of the games up until uh, was it Metal Gear Solid Five? Maybe that was when he left. I think so. Uh, and you know there was a whole thing between him and Konami, and he ended up leaving, and then went and made Death Stranding for PlayStation. And um, the, the 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 game's done really well over the years. It's sold over fifty six million copies worldwide. And it was started in 1987, so it's a pretty long-running uh, game. And uh, according to, uh, according to, sorry, Deadline, um, Oscar Oscar Isaac is going to be playing Solid Snake. So I think that's pretty good casting, personally. But I've always thought there's only one person that can play Solid Snake, but he kind of already played him in Escape from New York, and that is Kurt Russell. And that's kind of, I think, I'm pretty sure they based Solid Snake, the character, at least, well, I think they based everything on Kurt Russell in that movie. I think Kojima is a big Carpenter fan, and uh, that's why he, that he looks so similar to, um, to who is also called Snake, <laughs> uh, to Kurt Russell's character in, uh, in Escape from New York. But let me know what you guys think about that casting. This is happening. This is something that people have been asking for for a very, very long time now, but yeah, it looks like it's happening uh, which is good news. That is good news. Uh, right. Uh, moving on. 
And let's go, let's go on to the next bit of news, which let me have a look. Uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's reportedly signed on to star in multiple Robotnik movies. This is coming from We Got This Covered. So maybe take a pinch of salt and put it over this this story because they do put a lot of stuff out there. A lot of Jim Carrey stuff. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> they put a lot of Jim Carrey stuff out there. But maybe he's, get, he's, he's being involved in a lot of things now. Because, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog is probably one of the best movies, best blockbusters, not the best movies, one of the best blockbusters to have come out this year. I really loved that film. I have a great... Uh, it was one of... I think it was the penultimate film this year I saw in cinemas. I think the last film I saw in cinemas was... Well, actually, no, it was Tenet. But before that, it was uh, The Invisible Man. And then before that, it was Sonic the Hedgehog. And I, I had a great time with it. I had a really good time with it. I had a really good time with uh, Jim Carrey's performance as Dr. Robotnik. I thought he was brilliant. Back to his old best. Really, really good stuff. The end is brilliant. There's a little tease at the end. Uh, and you can actually see him as a bald Dr. Robotnik, which I think is quite amusing. And it looks like he's signed on to do multiple Robotnik movies. So <laughs> I don't know how they'll work. But according to We Got This Covered, it's happening. Is this something we need? I think we do need more of Jim Carrey, but maybe not as Dr. Robotnik. Maybe keep him to the Sonic movies. That's my my personal opinion on that. But there have been there has been like reports that apparently they're making a Knuckles spin-off movie and that Paramount Pictures really, really wants to kind of make as many kind of make as much of this Sonic franchise as they possibly can because they seem to have landed on something quite positive. People did react very positively to uh, to the movie. And uh, yeah, why not? Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Right, Keanu Reeves is rumored to be in talks for a Speed 3 movie. So Keanu Reeves, of course, starred in the first movie. He starred in the first Speed film, which uh, was like 1984. Did that come out with Sandra Bullock in it? It was directed by Jan de Bont who then went on to direct uh, and actually write a really terrible sequel, Speed uh, 2 Cruise Control, I think it was called. That that movie was just dreadful. But anyway, Keanu Reeves is apparently in talks to to return. So I'm just trying to... This comes from Daniel Rickman and his Patreon page. So kind of going through a a a Keanu naissance or Reeves-olution. I'm not trademarking those. You can take them. But... We've seen like the likes of uh, kind of the John Wick movies, and then um, he's been in like he's been in lots of stuff. Recently. He was in Toy Story Four as well, and you know people he's in he's in the Matrix that's coming soon. People really like him. I I, I love Keanu Reeves. I think he's great. He's kind of he is a bit wooden. I'm going to be honest, but he's really good in an action movie. So this is kind of his you know it's his forte. He played Jack Traven. That was it, and um, kind of a young uh, a young police kind of a police officer that ends up on a bus and. Yeah, if it goes to be below 50 miles per hour, it blows up. And he's, you know, he stars Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock was in the second one. Whether or not she'll come back for a third one, I don't know. But apparently they've got an idea for it and they want him to come back. Graham Yost wrote the first script, uh, the first movie, uh, for, uh, and that was really good. And then Yander Bont, I think he had a dream. That, you can, <laughs> that was the, the, the idea for the second film, which is it's just not good, the second film. But... You know, I'm mildly optimistic if they are making a third film. I'd like to see Keanu Reeves back. I think he he's one of the reasons why the first film worked so well. The second film didn't work as well without him. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving on to some more kind of rumor. Uh, this is the rumor mill section of the show. Uh, Tom Holland is reportedly being considered for a role in the new Pokemon movie. So this, again, is another We Got This Covered scoop. Uh, and they're, they're saying that he's up for Blue Oak which is a character, he's the grandson of Professor Oak. If you know the Pokemon games, then you'll know who Professor Oak is and you'll know who Blue Oak is. 
And apparently it'll be set in the same universe as the Detective Pikachu movie. I was actually a really big fan of the Detective Pikachu film. Before Sonic the Hedgehog, I was actually thinking, yeah, this is probably the best video game movie ever made. It's, it is based on a video game. Um, you know, Detective Pikachu is actually a really fun video game. It starred Ryan Reynolds, so whether or not Ryan Reynolds will be in this movie or not, I don't know. But there, there are people that are saying, and rightly so, if, sorry, <coughs> if they do have Tom Holland playing Blue Oak, it might be an issue because that character should be played by an Asian actor, which is true. Uh, Pokemon is is a Japanese game, therefore someone from that culture should should be playing that character. The thing is, is like Ryan Reynolds isn't isn't Asian, and he played Pikachu. Is Pikachu? I mean, he wasn't really playing Pikachu. They they kind of got around that. But there there, there is something to be said about that. Uh, it is made by Legendary. Legendary is, I believe, a Chinese company now maybe chinese owned i think um so and and you know that we've had these this this sort of stuff has happened in the past with uh, scarlett johansson in the uh, uh i'm blanking on the name but she was in a what was the name i'm blanking on the name now but she she of course got into a lot of trouble because she played a character that should really be what well, is in the anime series asian what was the let me just check can't I just really can't think of the the name of the movie right now. Uh, it did the movie wasn't very good either. That was a, I mean, it's not really. What was it called? Not Lucy. Lucy was quite good. Uh, Ghost in the Shell. That's it. I was never going to remember that name. I just I just really couldn't remember it. But yeah, you know, and, it, and it's happened before. Ed Skrine, of course, was was up for a role uh, that was going to be that should have been played by an Asian character, and he actually ended up stepping down from that role. So it's something that Hollywood is becoming more and more aware of, trying to honor characters' roots. And actually, I think I mean, I complete. I'm, I personally completely understand. Well, I think actually it was Hellboy. I think was the the movie that he was going to be in. Maybe it's a good thing that he wasn't in that film. It was pretty bad, but um, yes, yeah, so it's. I, I understand those. I understand people talking about that, and I think they're probably right. I also think Tom Holland is a bit of a boring choice. I do like Tom Holland, but he seems to be in a lot of stuff now. So maybe let's give it a rest with old Tommy. But what do you guys think about that? Let me know in the comments below. Right. So next bit of news: Matthew Vaughan is reportedly planning seven Kingsman movies and a TV show. This comes from Deadline. This is actually Marv Group CEO that said this. So I'm not going to uh, Kamasa his name, and he said the British director is currently planning something like seven more Kingsman films as a part of the company's expansion plans. He also added that Vaughan is in, is planning is is has plans to make a TV show set in the Kingsman universe. So they they really want to expand as a studio and they want to use Kingsman to do that. Matthew Vaughan's already made two Kingsman films. He made um, Kingsman the Secret Service and Kingsman the Golden Circle and The King's Man which stars Ray Fiennes is coming out pretty soon and he made that as well and that's kind of a prequel. So we've already got three of them and it looks like they want to make seven more. I think it's a bit much, but you know, I do I liked The Secret Service. I wasn't so keen on The Golden Circle, but I'm I'm very optimistic about the look of uh, The King's Man. I think that's going to be a really good film. But let me know if you think seven is needed. Let me know that in the comments below. Right, on to Johnny Depp. So apparently Johnny Depp has uh, applied to the Court of Appeals over his libel case against the Sun. I've spoken a lot about this. I'm not going to go into this in, uh, into this in, in too much detail. But it, it was reported by The Guardian. They've, they were reporting that... Um, you know, after uh, Mr. Justice Nichols' ruling, uh, basically 
um, in favor of the sun. So he said that, uh, what did he say? He said that the, the article that was written by Dan Wooten at the sun was substantially true. That article was uh, calling him, a uh, what refers to Johnny Depp as a wife beater. It was actually talking about how J.K. Rowling shouldn't have cast him in uh, Fantastic Be- in the Fantastic Beast franchise as Grindelwald. And then they did appeal later the, in November to the same judge, which is uh, is standard in, in in UK courts. And then he had this to say: the judge he said, "I do not consider that the propo- uh, that the proposed grounds of appeal have a reasonable prospect of success, but they're going ahead with it anyway." <clears throat> so he's appealing to the the courts that he's uh, applied to the court of appeals to appeal the decision. Um, yeah, let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on. And moving on to actually our exclusive, so it's taken a while to get to this point, but there's there was a lot of news to get through. So the exclusive, um, we were told that, uh, let me just get it up here, sorry, that Lars Mikkelsen is reportedly in talks to start to play the live action Thrawn in The Mandalorian. And um, this, of course, has been... Uh, a lot of people have been talking about this because the episode with Ahsoka Tano in, called The Jedi in The Mandalorian, she name-dropped Thrawn. She is looking for Thrawn. So, you know, it goes to... It, you, you can kind of understand why they will be looking for a, an actor to play the live-action version because this character will be coming into The Mandalorian at some point in the future, possibly season three. But I was actually told that they're, they're actually... They want to really expand the character... So the character was uh, first appear- first appeared in Star Wars Rebels, and the and Lars Mikkelsen was the uh, was the voice of the character. <coughs> he does a fantastic job in the role. But if you also were to look at Lars Mikkelsen, you could understand why they'd also be thinking he'd be a good choice to play him in live action. There have been lots of people talking about like Benedict Cumberbatch playing the role, and I've heard um, I've heard lots. John Hamm is another one that's come up and. If you're going to put them all in a lineup and say who's going to who do you want to play Thrawn, the first the first person you'll say is Lars Mikkelsen. You look at him and say he is Thrawn. He's like six foot three. He's really tall. He's great at playing a villain. He played a, a villain in, in Sherlock. He's been in a, in a lot of uh, Scandinavian uh, shows. He was in The Killing. He recently in House of Cards. So yeah, of course he's Mads Mikkelsen's brother. Uh, but he's a really good actor in his own right. So I was I was kind of sitting on this for a while because uh, the first source that came to me about this information with this information I wasn't I hadn't worked with, uh, which happens quite a lot. I get sent a lot of stuff and I don't I don't run 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 it often. I just let it let it slide. Uh, and this person told me that Lucasfilm is currently in talks with Lars Mikkelsen to play Thrawn in live action. This will be for a future season of their uh, hit Disney Plus Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. <coughs> Excuse me. And then a second source went to co- went on to corroborate this, and this person I, I've worked with multiple times, and I do trust this person, and they said, yes, I can confirm that Lars Mikkelsen is currently deep in talks with Lucasfilm and Disney to play Thrawn in live action. My information is that he will be debuting the man- in The Mandalorian and then appear in a future spin-off Star Wars live action series early days, though. It was then, uh, the it was also corroborated by a, th- a third source that refused to be direct uh, directly quoted which is fine uh, as I always ask them beforehand but it, it's something that I think is uh, I think he'd be perfect for the reason he's 1 meter 93 <coughs> but he also has the right kind of face he's quite his his features are quite angular he's he would look he's just looked perfect in the role and I'm pretty sure that Dave Filoni uh, and him have been talking about this for a long time now 
um, because it's a character that Dave Filoni brought back. He was originally created by Timothy Zahn. Uh, Zahn? Z-H-A-N. I don't know how you put Zahn, I think. And uh, it was kind of in the expanded Star Wars universe and then Disney took over uh, Lucasfilm. And it's... Uh, <laughs> apparently people are asking me about Spider-Gwen. <laughs> oh, I don't know about Spider-Gwen. Hmm. But yeah, so it's just... It's one of the. It's. It's. Uh, he's. He's. He's a really talented actor, and he hasn't really been given that opportunity yet to really show showcase it. And we've seen with the way that they've cast these character these these characters, Ahsoka Tano, for instance, fans have actually had a big say in it. <coughs> and one of the things about uh, about Dave Filoni is that he he does listen to them. So. This is something that's been around for a while, and as far as my sources are concerned, it's this is this is what's going to happen. They're in talks, and they're both sides are very keen on this becoming a thing. I think it'd be perfect casting. I think he'd be great in the role. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, uh, moving on from that, and moving on to. So this is some. This is the TV section. So Robert Rodriguez, yes, the Mandalorian, more Mandalorian stuff. So he actually revealed that he was a last-minute replacement for uh, as director of the most recent episode of the Mandalorian, which was uh, called it's Chapter Fourteen. Uh, What's it? The tragedy. I can't believe I forgot that. Fantastic episode. Really good episode. And uh, in that, there was so much great stuff happening in that episode. But one of the big things about that episode, spoilers. I did say spoilers. If you haven't watched it, then turn away now. Boba Fett. <laughs> I put that. I didn't give you much of a much of a pause, much of. A, but you know, I'm pretty sure everyone's watched it by now. A lot of people have. But yeah, so he he did an interview with Games Radar, and in that interview, he I'll put it up here for you guys to read. <coughs> I'll also read it out for the podcast listeners. So uh, I'm friends with John Favreau, and he needed a last minute replacement for a director. And so I said, sure, I'll come and play in the Star Wars universe. What a dream. It's beyond, it's been, it, and it's beyond my expectations. I mean, it was so fun. You can't imagine what, it, what it's like to walk on a set that has the classic look of the Empire Strikes Back and feel, uh, sorry, the classic look of the Empire Strikes Back feel and look. It's, uh, it's right after that era, right after the return of the Jedi. Uh, it's that era. So you really feel like, you just walked into your childhood. All of a sudden, you go up and touch things, and you go, "That's the thing that Han Solo talked into when he shot the machine and told stormtroopers not to come up." I was like, "Wow!" I thought I recognised that. Uh, it's just a really strange, exhilarating experience to be in your childhood sets for real and getting to make action. That's it's really cool. The visual language is so embedded in our hearts. It was so fun. So yeah, he had a good time. <clears throat> and um, you know what? He directed one of the best episodes so far. Uh, the, the episode's brilliant. It's uh, it's it 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 kind of pull tugs on your heartstrings as well. That episode because uh, it's just it's like one of, it's one of those things that I'm it's it's just oh, I just I want to talk about it at, at length, but I'm I'm a bit pressed for time. It it, it just it's the the season two has really started to kind of give you more of a plot, which is one of the problems I had with season one. It didn't really show that there was there was some great stuff that happened in season one, but it didn't really start picking up until the end. And now this this new season is every episode is part of a bigger story arc, and it's actually bringing in other story arcs. I was talking about Thrawn before, and Ahsoka Tano is coming into it, and Bo Katan, and these things. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's like 
<laughs> Star Wars fan candy, let's say. You know, I mean, I, it is a bit of that. It is, it, it is a lot of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of. It's it's catering to the fans, I, I, and I do understand that. It's a bit of pandering to the fans, which is fine. Uh, it's people, and, and if you've watched Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars The Clone Wars, then you'll kind of get more out of it. I feel that that, but that also it's good to be rewarded for being a fan and, and watching everything and reading everything. I really do believe that, but I also think it works in its own as its own story, and uh, and that's also really important. So it's uh, it's something that I really really like to. I'm very very much invested in now, and I think. Robert Rodriguez directed a brilliant, brilliant episode. But that's that's my bit uh, done. Let me know what you guys think about The Mandalorian Season 2 so far in the comments below. Right, moving on to The Crown. Uh, the Crown, so this is quite funny. So Oliver Dowden, who's the culture secretary in the United Kingdom, sent a letter to Netflix asking that they put a disclaimer before each episode saying that this is a work of fiction. Netflix have now come out and said, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. Uh, we, we they basically said we think we know that our viewers know it's a work of fiction they're not stupid kind of thing uh, which is yeah I kind of I, I, I think they're right I think most people that are watching this will know that it's a work of fiction but there will be people out there that do believe that what they're watching is is, is fact and uh, I mean you can see if you just go on Twitter you can see that people aren't very happy with the with Prince Charles at the moment but this news comes from Deadline uh, that uh, uh Someone at Netflix just said that a representative of Netflix said they had no plans to put disclaimers on each episode. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. <coughs> Finally, now this is a rumor, so I will put a, a disclaimer before this. Um, it's being reported that uh, Jodie Whittaker's um, agent wants her to quit Doctor Who. So this comes from a YouTube channel. I'm not going to try and pronounce the name of the YouTuber because uh, it's just Lebetkin. Lebetkin. That's how you pronounce that. But they're claiming that uh, Jodie Whittaker's agent has been screaming at Jodie Whittaker. She got, <clears throat> she's got to get off the show. She's got to get off the show because her agent, uh, her agent, her agent's business is looking at the reality, not the fantasy. And the reality is that the ratings have been uh, been on a nosedive. It's been an incredibly successful show, an incredibly successful international juggernaut, which is coming off one of the most successful periods ever. And now it's gone off on one of its least successful periods ever and she is the public face of that that's what the this is what the youtuber said not me i i kind of get that if you're looking at it from a rating standpoint yes but i also think you should look at it from who's in charge of this now so chris chibnell is in charge of the show season 12 was a disaster like a proper disaster Hopefully season 13 will be better, I, I'm, I, fingers crossed, but until they get a new sh showrunner in, I don't think it will be. <clears throat> so as far as Jodie Whittaker's career is concerned, it might be better for... for it, I, I think it would be better for Jodie Whittaker to kind of leave it after season 13 and just be done with it and be like, I did that, now let's move on. I'm pretty sure she will do that anyway, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. But let me know what you guys think about all of this in the comments below. Uh, right, someone wants to know if Nebula's going to be in, uh, in Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe, who knows. Spider-Gwen? Um, the, the thing, okay, the thing about Spider-Gwen, I'm, I'm replying to the comments now. So the thing about Emma Stone playing Spider-Gwen is that 
if the reports of her being pregnant are true, I'm not so sure. I, I mean, I'd love to see her play Spider-Gwen. I think she, I think she'd be perfect in the role. I'm going to be honest. But if if that's the way they go down, I think they won't have that until the Spider-Verse film. And I don't think this is the Spider-Verse film. I think this is going to. I think that's going to come afterwards. And I'm actually a bit dubious about Emma Stone being in the movie anyway. I, I, I don't. I mean, she she died in in, in the Amazing Spider-Man two. So how are they going to bring her back on that one? I really don't know. But I am very very much excited to. This is again potentially she's coming back. I really hope she does. It's <clears throat> it's one of those things that I mean it is reported by Collider. Collider is a reputable outlet and. Jeff Snyder has has had these big scoops in the past and they've turned out to be correct so who knows maybe they are maybe they are right but as far as I'm aware and for I have been asking around she's not she isn't in it um but the, I mean this stuff can change everything we've been seeing with Spider-Man 3 has been crazy it's been bonkers and on that bombshell uh, I will say goodbye. Thank you so much for watching, guys. If you if you don't like watching uh, live streams, you can listen to this as a podcast, and that you can find over at Small Screen Stories wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on iTunes, oh, sorry, not iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, then please give us five stars. That'd be great. Uh, you can also follow Small Screen everywhere, and we've actually changed handle now, so it's at Small Screen Co. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also follow us over on Twitch and like and subscribe here at youtube that'd be great if you could do that really really good stuff and uh, also like the video and share the video on facebook if you're watching on facebook uh, you can follow me at ej lauder and thank you very very much for watching guys i'll be back here with you guys tomorrow night thanks and goodbye